Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And those were the words of Freddie Coleman. Indeed, first place at 2-4-1, a winning percentage of a robust .357. It's good enough for the moment. Welcome back to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. We're brought to you by Chase. J. Will will be back in the lineup on Monday, but it's great to have Bart Scott. Well, you said Scott. that before. I did say that before. We'll go from Monday to one day, which means I'll be right. One day. Bart Scott will be with us for one hour. He'll be with us here from 7 to 8. It's great to have the 11-year NFL vet here from the Jets and the Ravens. We're going to start by talking football right off the top. All right, fellas, so the Eagles get the win. You heard Key say earlier or just seconds ago in our first hour that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the division when healthy. One now. Quarter, now. Because that Prescott's <laughs> not in the division. So for, let's for the make sure that we keep that clear. Gotcha. For now. now. For now, this is good news for the Eagles, they sit at 2-4-1. and one. They'll get the Dak-less Cowboys on Sunday night football. That could go to 3-4-1. and one. Then they get the bye. Then they get the Giants out of the bye. You could be 4-4-1. Four, four and one. And if you're 4-4-1 four, four and one in this division, you never know. The one caveat I would mention, if you look at the back half of the Eagles schedule, it is absolutely brutal. The toughest second half schedule of anybody in the National Football League, especially the last four or mm-hmm. five games. On the other side is the Giants, who fall to 1-6 under Joe Judge. But, Key, you're saying sometimes the numbers don't tell the story. They have been competitive, to be honest with you, in almost all of their games. They're fine for a first-time head coach who got a job as basic special teams coach and a wide receiver coach who hired Jason Garrett. It just reminds – it feels like Jason Garrett's coaching his team because I see more Garrett – it's more Garrett to me than it is Joe Judge, even though Joe Judge is the head coach because – we're focused in on, on on Daniel Jones at the quarterback spot. So every time something goes with the quarterback, the first thing happens is we pan to Jason Garrett. But let's give Joe Judge some credit here. The team doesn't have a whole lot. And, and they're, they're okay. They're not going to win very many games, but they're going to be competitive. So the future could potentially be bright if they draft right and players actually want to sign with them in free agency. I don't see a problem with it, right? I mean, Daniel Jones did okay last night. He wasn't he wasn't lights out, but he wasn't terrible. He needed some help. Evan Ingram had an opportunity to make a big catch down the sidelines late in the game. He, he didn't reach out far enough as far as I'm concerned. He kind of alligator-armed it to a degree, and <laughs> it wind up falling off his fingertips. That was not Daniel Jones, despite what Daniel Jones said in his post-game presser as a quarterback who they – basically said, you say this when you go out there. You're young. Don't say anything controversial. Bart, before well, we get into your thoughts, I just want to hear, speaking of post-game presser, this is Joe Judge, post-game presser, on the message to this legendary giant, loyal Giants fan base on being one and six. I'm not going to ask to be patient. That's not your job to be patient. Your job is to go ahead and be entertained by us and what we put on the field. So it's our job to go out there and work and improve and give you something to cheer about on Sundays or Thursday night, whenever it comes up. So, look, we're going to keep working hard for the fans. Joe Judge grew up outside of Philly and his homecoming, not exactly what he was hoping for last night, Bart. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, though, but I'm impressed with the coaching job that he's done. He's inherited a mess. A lot of this falls on the shoulders of, of Dave Gettleman. You look at, you know, he had the opportunity to pick four tackles, four potentially franchise tackles. He picked the wrong one in Thomas, and that's a lot of the issues that he had. Nate Solder brought in by Gettleman, you know, opted out. But before that, he wasn't playing well either. And you look at Evan Ingram, you know, I think it's time to turn the page on him. You only can be potential for so long. And he has to do a better job. You have to give him more weapons. 
Let me ask you this, Bart, as far as tackles go. You you faced so many tackles in your 11-year career in the National Football League. When you look at a tackle, when they have a high waist and their long legs, yeah. is that good or bad? Because I've always known it is bad. Well, it, it depends on the body type, right? Damon Woody was one of these quick set guys, even though he wasn't tall. You know, he was built more top heavy, but he was really quick. And he understood what his advantage was. He was a quick set guy. He was a guy that was like a dancing bear. When, you know, you think about guys like Jonathan Ogden, he was a guy that could be patient like a Makai Becton because he was so big, you wasn't going to run through him. J.O. And, and he can stay patient and stay within himself. So, you know, they have dominant um, you know, offensive tackles built differently. I just thought Thomas would have been more prepared to be um, impactful early. He's been the least more at least impactful. And then you hear some of the character issues, not character issues, but he showed up late and was benched because he wasn't on time. Well, if you're struggling, the last thing you want to do as a rookie is be a guy that shows up late and not be punctual. Yeah. But getting back to Gettleman, Gettleman has done a bad job. You hear the reports that maybe Zeitler could be on the um, trading block. You know, that's one of the, the, the offense linemen that they got in the Odell Beckham trade that, of course, I, I, I didn't sign Odell to trade him. But then you trade him, but then you didn't get anything back because I think that Jabril Peppers hasn't been as impactful as you would hope that he would be as well. You talk about who gave up that big play to Scott. It was, it was Jabril Peppers. You expect the players that you bring in to be able to be impactful. You got caught looking in the back. Right. Well, you talk, you talk about Ogletree as well, right? He brought Ogletree, Alec Ogletree in as well, and that, that didn't work out. You know, he's on, he was on, a, he's on the Jets practice squad. So these are the things I'm talking about. Joe Judge has done a great job, I think, in establishing culture. When you start listening to some of the Giants uh, players, you hear Logan Ryan, they start regurgitating a lot of things that you hear out of Joe Judge as far as being tough, tough-minded. This team is tough, tough-minded. They're just uh, deficient when it comes to talent and the depth of talent, and that falls right on the square shoulders of Dave Gettleman. Is that so? Dave Gettleman is, has a lack of talent evaluation. Well, he's, out, he's outdated. He's outdated, right? Because if you sign Alec Ogletree over from the Rams, you bring him in, and now you're telling me, which made me just go, Pepper, huh? Pepper, Zeitler, now you're training Wait, him. you just told me he's on the practice squad for the Jets? Yeah, he was on the practice squad for the Jets. And then because of his relationship with, with Greg Williams, Greg Williams started him, but no, now I, he's I, not even there anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It's just like that doesn't even make right. any sense. They, they right, they then. gave him $50 million yeah, that a couple years ago. So Dave Gettleman, ouch. this is more of an indictment on him. And, you know, the fact that they weren't in on the, on the Yannick Ngakwe and they said that he didn't fit their scheme is laughable to me. I'm like, what do you mean he doesn't fit your scheme? Great players, a guy that is young in his prime, you know, that, that has 45 sacks in four years should be fit for any system, but he's good enough for the Baltimore Ravens 3-4 system. So that's the tale of two organizations. One used a third-round draft pick to get an impactful player. Last I checked, the Giants are in the midst of a playoff run as well. Right, so I don't understand like where it's the disconnect in. So I think yesterday was more of an indictment on Dave Gettleman. Joe Judge, I think, is fine, and um, you, the fact that they gave up a third-round draft pick for Leonard Williams last year, but they didn't think that Yannick Ngakwe was well, was worthy of a third-round pick is laughable. I'm going to help you with the Yannick Ngakwe. What's his name now? Is it Yannick? Yannick. Which okay, is Yannick. Yannick. Rather unique. Yannick. Okay, Yannick. Appreciate you. And, and the reason is, I guess. We've all been screwing it up, and he didn't like it, so it's unique. Oh, he's giving us one of these, my name's not Terrell, it's Terrell. Man, I, get I get the hell it. out of here, man. I get it. It's the Giancarlo Mike Stanton situation. Hey, it's a guy's name. Want, yeah, yeah that's fine. Right. It's a dude's unique. name. Put some respect on his name. Okay. We'll put some respect. 
and the pronunciation correctly on his name. Right. Respect and pronunciation. For those that are not aware, Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager, his second go-around, he's the guy that drafted Daniel Jones. And to kind of cut through what Bart said, some of the decisions are basically taking a starter from the Rams and then paying him $50 million to end yeah. up on the practice squad of another I team. Know, that's yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that's how you have to cut that through That, to me, is mine. But I didn't. <laughs> My point. Yeah. I think, I, I, for some reason, for, I figured he was hurt. Because I was like, well, where's Ogletree? No, nah, he been gone, man. No, but I just, you know, coming from L.A. to New York now, and I'm like, yeah. well, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's hurt or something. But then when you tell me he's on the practice squad, I was like. Right, that's why you got to go out and spend money for Blake, you know, Blake Martinez, because he didn't work out. And Le- Leonard Williams is leading him in sacks, and Leonard Williams but, is starting to play better, but Leonard Williams was good. I mean, he was solid with the Jets. But so. what I'm saying is, last year you were struggling, yeah. and you, you thought that getting Leonard Williams – and not being able to get him signed and paying and paying, they franchise that yeah. they couldn't get a deal done, yeah. and they gave the Jets a third round pick for him. But this year, you're telling me that you don't have a, a legitimate pass rusher. Is one available that yeah. has over 40 sacks in four years? He's 26 years old, and you don't. You tell me he don't fit your system. What system does an elite pass rusher don't fit? And he's available for a third round draft pick, and you got one last year. He probably has. 20 more sacks than Leonard Williams. You could almost, and they came in at the same time. You could put a pass rusher in any system, a 3-4 or a 4-3. That's, that's Listen, easy. It's hard. to. It's a, it's a premium on pass rushers, tackles, lockdown corners. They had an opportunity to get one, and they decided not to because they said he didn't fit their system. But the Baltimore Ravens, who run the same system, thought he fit their system perfectly. Where they do that at, Key? So when he drafts a guy like Darius Slayton in the fifth round out of Auburn and he's having a that's the one. Decent, that's the one. No, fun. but I'm saying could could – that guy, a wide receiver, saving a general manager's career. Could that help? Uh, well, Odell Beckham did that, right? He did, he did that for Jerry Reese. The previous general manager before, Dave Gettleman. There's too much giant talk, man. They're not worth all this. Yeah, that's a lot of football talk. That's a lot of names. All you need to know is that the Giants are 1-6, and six, and it probably is on the GM more than it is on the GM that hired the coach. That's probably the best way to sum it up. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected. Every upset, touchdown or fourth quarter comeback, and let it move you, no matter the season, what it throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. On the way, four downs, the four biggest games in the NFL this week, and the fellas weigh in on each and every one, including Jimmy G, back to Foxborough. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. First down Steelers and Titans.
Battle of Unbeatens, Key. This is the Battle of Unbeatens. Two 5-0 teams on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Tennessee takes on the Steelers. The Steelers are going to Tennessee. Tennessee's playing some great football right now. Tanny Hill's doing what he's doing. The big train and Derrick Henry's doing his deal. But I'm impressed with Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers along with Ben Roethlisberger coming off an injury, still getting it done at his age. This game is big for both of them. I believe in the end, Pittsburgh will come out on top. Well, uh, to echo Keys' sentiments, uh, no wonder that you took a receiver, but you look about you know what these are. These are two teams that are built similarly to each other, built with physical, tough-minded coaches, two, I believe, uh, coaches of the year candidates. And it's going to come down to Ben Roethlisberger, whoever has the ball you know, last is going to be um, you know, the victor, I believe, in this. And also it's going to be who's going to replace Devin Butch, outstanding middle linebacker, to stand on the train tracks when that big freight train, Derrick Henry's coming through. Don't end up on no poster. Second down, Seahawks and Cardinals. This is another intriguing matchup. Moves from the afternoon to the Sunday night game because of the COVID situation with the Oakland Raiders. Russell Wilson is trying to get an edge on a young quarterback in Kyler Murray who basically torched both in the air on a long bomb against the Dallas Cowboys as well as in his, on his feet against the Cowboys, certainly showing that he has command of the offense. But when you talk about offense, you got to talk about Russell Wilson, the leader in the MVP votes right now as we stand. Look at some of the things he's been able to do, making a transition from a dominant defensive team to now a dominant offensive team. Uh, key, the greatest form of uh, imitation is greatest form of flattery. You look at Mini-Me, you look at Kyler Murray. I think he has the opportunity in his lead because of the success of Russell Wilson, like you said, the leading MVP getter. But, you know, this Legion of Boom is without a boom anymore. It's just a Legion. And, you know, I think that, you know, Kyler Murray will feast. And I think DeAndre Hopkins will be the difference maker, man. I believe that the Cardinals are going to get the W. Third down, Browns and Bengals. Here's another tough game. The battle of the number one overall picks in Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's having a fantastic season for a young quarterback. They're not getting the W's, but he's showing promise and a lot of production. Baker Mayfield has a lot to prove against the Cincinnati Bengals. He needs to show up this football game, not have any excuses to get the Bengals over the top and get them to five and two. A lot of question marks are starting to come out of Cleveland again about this football team. And I think they get back on track by leaning on this running game and get taking the ball out of the hands of Baker Mayfield, trying to you know be explosive and, and let those guys make the plays. You talk about that great running game and this crazy key that you want to talk about keeping the hands out of a, a, a rookie quarterback's you know, you know on the on the sideline because his ability to put up points, you know, let one get away the week before against the Colts, you know, up twenty one nothing. This Bengals you know t- offense can be explosive. Fourth down. Buccaneers at Raiders. This game is currently off the board, whatever that means. This will be John Gruden's <laughs> first game against the Buccaneers since returning to the NFL. Gruden is the winningest head coach in Buccaneer history. Helped me get a Super Bowl championship, so thank you there, Coach Gruden. This is interesting. If the Raiders are at full uh, if they're at full strength with that offensive line, I like the way that the Raiders have been playing. Going into Tampa Bay is certainly going to be an emotional game for Coach Gruden, but Tom Brady and that cast know that. They're off and running. Their record right now is 3-2. and two. They're trying to go to 4-2 and two to get close as possible to the New Orleans Saints because they want to win this division. If they don't win the division, they may miss the playoffs, believe it or not. One quick thing, Bart, off the board, just in case you're wondering, and for key, off the board essentially means the line, the spread for this game is off because yeah. of the COVID considerations and everything going on with the Raiders. More gambling talk with our Joe Fortenball at 810. Go ahead, Bart. 
I'll tell you what, this is an intriguing game because you, you talk about a West Coast team that's coming off a great win against Kansas City Chiefs, the you know, Super Bowl champions, coming all the way to the East Coast and also to a warm environment. Let's see what, how, how, how that plays. But also you talk about Tom Brady and his impact last week. You, know, you talk about after forgetting what down it was, having a team that forgot that for you know that didn't have any penalties the following week. I think that the Buccaneers have found out who they were, their identity, and it has a lot to do with the running game and a man named Gronk. Bonus down, 49ers and Patriots. This is what Zubin likes to call the fifth down, not the fourth down. <laughs> Colorado, Missouri. That's right. <laughs> Jimmy G going back to the scene of the crime in the New England Patriots. They got rid of him and traded him off to San Francisco in 2017. He gets an opportunity to face his former team and show them Clearly what they think in the Boston area they might be missing. But Cam Newton has something to prove. He didn't play well last week at all against the Denver Broncos. He knows it. Everyone knows it. He's going to come out on fire. And when you think about some of the things that he's been able to do early in the season, I'm looking forward to the New England Patriots taking care of business against a hobbled San Francisco team that took the Rams to the woodshed a week ago and got that victory. And that will do it for... Four downs. It's a reminder, it's champion versus champion at UFC 254 when Habib Nurmagomedov takes on Justin Gaethje coming this Saturday, October 24th, special start time. Two Eastern, that's because the fight's going to be over in Abu Dhabi. So two Eastern, a little afternoon, not a little Saturday night UFC, a little Saturday afternoon UFC on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. UFC 254, exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $64.99. Visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV for more details. All morning long on the Dr. Pepper Twitter line, we have been asking you, essentially, who do you want, Cam or Jimmy G? You heard the guys talk about it. (laughs) On fourth down, Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Cam or Jimmy G, the guy the Pats got or the guy they could have had and let go. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at KeyJNZ. It's a very juicy storyline. may not be the game of the week. you got a couple of undefeateds like we mentioned in first down with Pittsburgh and Tennessee, but it's certainly a really interesting story considering people are less bullish on Jimmy G and Cam's on a one-year deal and the Pats are two and three. We got Key's opinion. It's Cam by a mile. Our Twitter nation says it is Cam by a mile, about 58%. Bart, what do you think? I'll tell you what, I think Cam right now is the better player. Of course, he's a former MVP. He has a lot to prove. But this is one of those things where I think that both teams are going to be on the sideline and it should be like a celebrity wife swap type of thing because I think that both quarterbacks (laughs) belong and could be better if they were on opposite teams. Could you imagine Cam with that running game, with the RPOs, with the ability to run? And then Jimmy G should have a return to sender sign because he's went out there and they thought – because he was coached by Bill Belichick, he was a franchise quarterback. He's failed to live up to those expectations. He's, he's come up small in the biggest moments, and he's not been able to make the big plays, the one or two plays that they asked him to make on a consistent basis, he hasn't been able to make. You know, so I think that this should be an episode of Celebrity Wife Swap or Celebrity QB Swap. I think both teams would be better off if they traded quarterbacks. Are you worried at all about the Pats' two and three start? Key is not worried at all. Well, I tell you what, you, you, you got to be worried because at the end of the day, this is the first time we saw the Pats look vulnerable without Superman or the GOAT on the sideline. The Ravens guy talking no, no. about no, no, but I'm saying you don't see you don't see Superman on the sideline. So for years we've had this discussion: who was more important, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Tom Brady at first it looked like oh no no slippage right no slippage first couple of games oh look what they're doing with Cam Newton now they've come back to earth a little bit and I think you know I would believe in the past ability to turn this around 
if the GOAT was on the sideline, that he would figure it out. I don't know if they're able to, to have that same belief. Tom Brady doesn't miss that, that pass that, that Cam you know, missed the out route to extend the drive. So if they lose this game, then that's telling me that it, it was more about Tom Brady and his ability to perform and to get guys to play above, punch above their, their weight class than it is about Bill Belichick and his ability to coach. See, I, I want to be fair on the early returns, though. Mm-hmm. When, when, you, when you look at Cam Newton and you look at the game plan in which they established against the Miami Dolphins, they win that game, that's the game plan, we're going to run the ball. Yep. They go up to Seattle, and Cam Newton throws for 300-some yards, he established they run the ball. He doesn't get in because the offensive line is pushed in his lap. Yep. He doesn't have an opportunity to turn the corner to use his athleticism and his length to stretch out, so they lose that football game. The, 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 the game that they uh, Kansas City, he doesn't play, and play. Right. Brian Hoyer, they had me and you out there playing quarterback. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But Hoyer instead of Then he catches COVID, and he's 13 days from game to game, practice about a day and a half. So he got about five and a half hours of on-field activity with his teammates. Yeah. Then he goes out and has a stinker. And now all of a sudden, people are questioning what type of quarterback he is again. That's That, that to me – is crazy. No, no, I think Cam. That's crazy. Quite no, a timeline. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not questioning Cam. No, not his you. Ability. Yeah, people. Yeah, people. just in general in the universe, because he's a polarizing figure. They find any type of way, and and I and I always find myself having to defend this because he's polarizing. He wears scarves. Loquacious. He has a weird hair deal that I would never try to pull off. They just have a problem with him. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Like, I'll take you through the timeline. Like, it wasn't a problem before COVID. Now he gets the COVID situation. They were trying to blame him, but then they realized, well, we can't blame him. And then he goes out and has a stinker, and he's a problem now. Right. Well, I mean, he, and look at the weapons on which Bill Belichick has surrounded him with. Nikhil Harry is a bust right now. He's has not it li- has it? Okay, I say right now. Lived up to expectations. Right now. And you think about Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, older. he's getting older too, yeah, 34 older. years yeah, old. So he, he's not able to make the plays that he's made. So now, you know, you have to, you know, put that right in, on the general manager's lap, right? And, you know, for years, Tom Brady has covered up a lot of the mistakes that Bill Belichick has made on some of his draft picks, some of his free agent signings that just hasn't worked out. Cam is a great player, but he's not a guy that can erase a lot of a multitude of mistakes that the general manager has made. It's not enough weapons on that squad. And then you have the players that have, that have opted out. I don't think that we see we, – we become accustomed to seeing the Patriots say, you know what, they'll figure it out. These are the Patriots. Well, I'm, I think- I'm, I'm that guy. So, as I say, Z, I'm the guy. I'm waiting. Because every single year, Bart. Yeah, every single every year. Every single year here, whether Tom is there or not. No, no. But, but they, it's always they play with Matt Castle when eleven and that, five, and we were like, oh, they're done. But that they was, went eleven and five. That was one year, and they benefited from playing in this division, which is the weakest division in football for the pre last decade. I understand, but they still went eleven and five. That's man. that's true. So this is this is going to be the test. This is the test. Is it Bill or is it Brady? We're going to see because he still has a capable quarterback. He just doesn't have the greatest of all time 
quarterback. And if he comes up short, it's going to be because it was more about time and his ability to be a force multiplier than it was about Bill Belichick and his X and O's. X and O's don't matter if you don't have great players. And he had the best. It's like the triangle when he brought when, when Phil Jackson brought the triangle to the Knicks opposed to, yeah, I can be, play well. Guess what? Jordan fits in every system. Guess what? Shaq and Kobe fits in every system. So was it more about that or was it more about the players? That's fair enough. Sound Key, like a jet. Go ahead. Key Please. mentioned the 2008 season. That's Wee. the one they went 11-5 and five with Castle. Us? So we'll see what happens there. We should also mention, just for point of order, to Key's point in week two, they go up on Sunday night football. The Pats are on the goal line against the Seahawks. The Pats win that game. You could argue that's the best win of the NFL season for any team. Yes, I know the Raiders beat the Chiefs. You could argue that was the best win for any team. Suddenly you give them that win, and 2-3 and three becomes 3-2, three and two, and we're looking at things a lot differently. But it's a great point by Key. The last game where all the criticism comes from as really? Key pats himself just, just on the back. Just mediocre points by me. Appreciate it, Zoo. That's all right, but there's, there's no way they're going to play another game under hey, that sort of duress <laughs> if things stay. I, I know well, where I'm at. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, so do I. Uh, we want to take some calls here. One from Manny in Pennsylvania. We're asking you this morning, Cam or Jimmy G. The fellows have both essentially said Cam. Manny in Pennsylvania on ESPN Radio. Cam or Jimmy G. Yeah, good morning, Zupin, Keyshawn, and Bart. Let me, let me just make this my comment pretty quick. Um, I'm a Giants fan. <clears throat> and... I really have no interest in this game. But, however, what I will say is it would please me and satisfy me so good if Jimmy G could come into Foxborough and put on a performance and let that team know that what kind of player that they lost since 2017. I mean, because no disrespect to Cam, but it just it just feels like he he's not the same quarterback. That's just my opinion, but... I would love to see Jimmy G put on a performance of a lifetime and really show Bill Belichick what he's lost. Manny, thank you very much. Are you watching the highlights, bro? Like, this dude is underwhelmed. Like, this dude, you know, really went to the the Super Bowl and to the playoffs based on a running game and a coach that put him in positions not to blow the game, you know, with getting him open with RPOs and, and all those things and play action. It's not that he's been able to drop back. He, he has one game on his resume where he dropped back and he was responsible for the win, and that's last year against the Saints. Other than that, he was injured, and he's come up small in the biggest moments. We should also mention you can hit us up on your opinion on the Key J&Z Twitter feed at T underscore Brent TA. Thank you. Hit us up and said, quote, Cam was playing well until last week. When he had little to no practice, he can do things Jimmy G dreams of doing, so let's stop the madness. That is essentially the Keyshawn Johnson argument there. Aberrational, 13 days off, one and a half practices. Who wouldn't be out of sync in that particular yeah, scenario? Yeah, you could, you could just tell if you, watched the, if you watched the game or you have an opportunity to watch the tape or even highlights for that matter and you know anything about football and mechanics and w- the way a quarterback thrives and in all of those situations, you can look at him and tell he was off. You, it's not It's not hard. It's not hard to see. And he knows it. We are one minute away from discussing by far the most embarrassing play of the NFL season to date. If you missed it, hang tight. We'll talk about it right after SportsCenter. Wentz is back. He's looking, still looking. He starts to go. He is firing. Scott! Touchdown! Boston Scott! What a catch. Corner at the goal line and went in. That was the legendary Merrill Reese on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The Eagles bounce back from a double-digit fourth-quarter deficit. 
take out the Giants, who sit at 1-6. The Eagles are in first place by a hair at 2-4-1. If you're wondering what Dallas fits into all this, well, it'll be Dallas and Philly on Sunday night football the next time the Eagles take the field. The Giants have the extra, extra long week because they play on a Thursday and don't play again until Monday when they welcome Tom Brady and the Bucks to East Rutherford, New Jersey. More Giant talk again on the most embarrassing play of the NFL season in a minute. Tiger, somewhat embarrassing round again, plus four at the Zozo Championship. This is a newer event on the PGA Tour that he actually won a year ago. He needs a telescope to see the leaderboard. He's 12 shots back. The Masters is Tiger's probable next event. That'll begin November 12th, of course. Much like the Zozo, Tiger is the defending champion at Augusta. And tonight, World Series Game 3. Series tied at 1. I'm going to lay out radio term for key. Go ahead. Give me the three words. Let's go Dodgers! The other three words, Tampa Bay Rays. They at least deserve a mention, right? 17 of the last 22 teams. Listen to this. 17 of the last 22 to win Game 3 of the World Series when it's tied at 1 apiece wins the whole thing. Translation, tonight's winner is going to feel great. The odds are in their favor. And Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You need the best coverage in not just football, but your wireless network too. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as the big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data. Then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Daniel Jones with Love and Mulligan to do over on this play in the third quarter. It's a keeper, Jones, up the right side of the field. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He could go off the... He stumbles and goes down outside the 10. So I guess you may be thinking, I thought only Boomer worked on Sundays these days. (laughs) But hang on, that was actually Key doing a Boomer imitation of the most embarrassing play of the season. Key, Daniel Jones, wide open, looking like an 88-yard touchdown run. Instead, it's an 80-yard trip and fall. You you know, it was like I said last night, I said to you, last night I'm sitting at home and I'm watching the game with a friend who's a major Eagle fan. And we're sitting there and Daniel Jones breaks into the open. Because my eyes went to the running back and when he hit the crease, he was rolling. I was like, oh, he ain't going to fall. You could just tell when he got to that 30-yard mark, you could feel that monkey was on his yeah, back. That man. piano got to yeah. him and them legs got heavy. When when is the last time you think he ran that fa- that far? Man, we share our same brain. Like bro. when? Never. Never. OTAs, conditioning. May, maybe, conditioning. maybe conditioning, conditioning in the training camp, he didn't but not that fast. Right. Not that fast. Exactly. But maybe the length of the field, but not that fast. So as he started running – those legs were not catching up to that body, you know. And so everybody that played in the NFL, they was like, ooh, that piano was yep. on that back. Yep. You, you saw he got, he got, his, he got extended, it right? Did, when when, 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 whenever the upper body get ahead of the lower body, then the legs try and catch up. And listen, we've all been there, right? We, you know, I've gotten interceptions, and you don't realize, you, you're surprised that you're that open, and it almost exhausts you. This is when it comes right about. See, there, where, there you go. You see, there you, you see, go. You, but look, you see the head, the head start moving left to right because he's concerned. He's like, man, I'm open. Am I going to score? He's not accustomed to looking up to the board. It's Receivers scored. look up to the board to try and figure out where people are if they need to go you know, uh, serpentine or not. Imagine, like, so, Z, Z, you know how you run and you work out and go around and do all those sort of things. Imagine you jogging and you're doing that, and all of a sudden somebody put a 225-pound weight on your back and say, yeah. do it. Keep going. You're going to start wobbling, and that thing going to get heavy, and that field 
He had about 25 yards yeah. to go. That field started looking longer and longer and longer and longer. All of a sudden, <laughs> he couldn't reach there fast enough. He needed, he needed, <laughs> he needed to gear down. See, if he would have slowed down and start striding, yes. See, but he wasn't, he wasn't used to being in that position. What happens whenever you see a running back or you see a receiver and they look up at the screen and they see if somebody's around them, and then that's when they start gearing it down. He was still trying to maintain 21 miles an hour. He hit top speed and tried to stay at top speed. When you get the top speed, you got to gear it down. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll learn about it. That was, that was funny, man. And when you say the screen, you mean the video board there exactly. at the stadium. All right, we should mention here uh, the best tweet is uh, Key said social media. Everybody was talking about the best one. Stefan Diggs, who said, Daniel Jones looks like the person that's running from the villain in a scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> like Halloween-themed tweet. And that certainly Fall is Fall and going to get caught and chopped up. <laughs> from one New York franchise quarterback, at least we think he is, to another at least we think he is. That would be. Or was. Or was. Yeah, we'll talk past tense. We'll see. Sam Darnold, the Jets, the only winless team in the NFL. High probability of getting the first overall pick with Trevor Lawrence, the stud from Clemson, awaiting changing someone's fan, uh, franchise. Sam Darnold asked yesterday if he has heard the rumors about all the Trevor Lawrence talk. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have social media. I've seen some of the things, but. Um, yeah, we, we got a game to win this week, and that's all we're worried about. We're just worried about getting a win. You know, you gotta, we got to worry about this week in, in Buffalo. They're a really good team, so um, we're worried about this week. And, um, you know, that's all we're worried about right now. These are the top picks in the 2018 draft. You got Baker no, Mayfield maybe moving on, Sam Darnold moving on. Think yeah, about that. And, 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 you know, the crazy thing about it is, one has an opportunity to to do right with a lot of weapons around him in Baker Mayfield with a coach that I think actually could call plays in Kevin Stefanski, where Sam Darnold has me out there with no experience that I feel I could do better putting him in a position to call plays. The problem with Sam, he didn't have anything around him. There's right. no OBJs. There's no Kareem Hunts. There's no Chubbs. There's no Miles Garrett's on the hoopers. defensive side. There's no Hoopers. There's There's nothing there. And he's trying his best. So when you don't have anything, you look bad, Bart, as you know. It, it, you just look – it's like putting you on the defense with no players around you. Carson Wentz but a bunch of year says bums. Mediocre. And then, so you're going to look mediocre. The interesting thing, though, since the fifth-year option has been created in 2011, there's a number of quarterbacks that the fifth-year option hadn't gotten picked up. Think about it. Jake Locker in Tennessee back in 2011. Ponder. Kristen Ponder. Uh, Brandon Wheaton. E.J. Manuel. Johnny Manziel. Teddy Bridgewater was hurt, so that's a little bit different. He's bounced back now with Carolina. Paxton Lynch and, and uh, Mitch Trubisky. Right. You hear that list? Yeah. That's a sorry-ass list. You want to put your boy on that list? You don't, he don't belong on that list, right? Sam? Sam Donald. No, he don't belong on the list. No. I think it's been been negligence from the organization. We know that Baker Mayfield, this is probably the best team that you can ever put around him before you have to pay him $100 million and you start to subtract some of those pieces. So if he can't perform with those type of pieces, then he's showing you right now what it's going to look like. What would the Cleveland Browns look like if Sam Darnold was in Cleveland? With With, those weapons. With this. What would they look like opposed to what they look like now? I I think they'll be a contender. I mean, I think they'll still be behind the, the Ravens and the and the Steelers, but that's that's just because those organizations are far ahead in their superior you know, organizations right now in their process. But I still think that they would be contenders, and I think they would be a playoff perennial playoff team. I mean, I, I believe in Sam Darnold, and it's one of those things they're going to have to make that decision. Do they, you know, 
if they get the Willy Wonka golden ticket, do they cash it in? Or do they decide to say, you know what, we're going to sit here and we're going to, we're going to build with Sam Darnold. We're going to trade out of this pick and get as much draft equity as we can get. Jacksonville Jaguars have two first-round draft picks. They need a franchise quarterback. They understand that Minshew Mania isn't the answer. You know, trade, trade that pick out and see if you can get their two first-round draft picks and their two number twos. And, and the smart thing for me would be get a head coach in there, build a team around Sam, get some playmakers in there, use that number one overall pick for as much leverage over the future as possible. Take what the Boston Celtics model has been mm-hmm. and use it in football. That's a cross-pollination. Essentially what Key's saying there is stack up those draft picks, eventually use them, make it pay off, and supplement your roster. Just quickly, for those that aren't aware of the fifth-year option, if you're drafted at a certain point in the NFL, the NFL team has an option to give you a fifth year at your salary Otherwise, essentially, if you're this is just for first round picks, it's a four year deal and they don't have to deal with the fifth. But obviously, if a team picks up your fifth year option, they're confident in you. The guys that Key just mentioned, all those guys that didn't get that fifth year option picked up. It just shows what the team thinks about you going into what is a quote unquote walk year at the most important position in football. Keyshawn J. Will. That's a. That's a, that's a, yes, those names are, well, they probably deserve to not have that option picked up. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Daily Wager's Joe Fortenbaugh. That's our gambling show. Get ready. Get on the line. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Any gambling question you have, he'll answer it at 810 Eastern as Key is rolling the proverbial dice on the show. And for those of you watching on ESPN2 after Korean baseball has come to an end. Good morning. Thank you for being with us this morning on ESPN2. On the way, Russell Wilson says Antonio Brown deserves another chance. Does he? We'll talk about it after Key talks about this. After a long summer, the wait is officially over. College football is back, and so is the all-new flavor. Dr. Pepper obsessed college football town. That's right. We're talking about Fansville. So brace yourself for the on the field, football drama, off the field, Dr. Pepper flavor your eyes, taste buds can handle. Because even though you can't be in the stadium, Bart, you can still dress, cheer, and drink Dr. Pepper like a true fan of the Ravens. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fandom to ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. You know, with our culture, I can speak those on us, you know, and, and how our culture is. I think, you know, with Coach Carroll, I think with the teammates that we have, uh, the men that we have, if he does play football, I think this is a, a great place for, if he does play again. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. It's geico Switch to Geico and see how much you could have been saving. It'll haunt you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
A little NFL from A to Z, including perhaps the return of Antonio Brown. A lot of teams are thinking about him. He's suspended for the first eight weeks of the season. We just started week seven. Among the suitors, the Seattle Seahawks. A.B. has a good relationship with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks backup, Geno Smith. And Russ went to bat, appropriately enough, since Russ was drafted in Major League Baseball. He went to bat for A.B. Like I said, no, nobody's perfect. You know, from the conversations I've had with him, he's really been remorseful and just he's been humbled, you know, along the way. I pray that he can continue to grow just like anybody, you know, and um, all the stuff. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that, you know, you know, what I mean, in terms of knowing I wasn't there or anything that process, you know, that part of it. But knowing what I know of him and the times I've been around him and that, you know, I try not to judge people. What do you think yo, about yo, that, Key? Can I, can I jump in, Key? Go do what, your thing, man. What, what do people always say about serial killers? Oh, he was such a nice guy, right? Don't give me that for what I know about him. That is the most political answer I've ever heard in my life because he don't want to be forced to have to be on the record about some of the allegations, about some of the transgressions, some of the things that Antonio Brown did. Let's understand that uh, production breeds tolerance, right? So he understands that he can help me get something that I need. I badly need a second championship to submit my legacy and my place in this league. So I'll, I'll put up with anything. Listen, Seattle's the place where, where people who on three strikes you're out, they get a fourth strike because last I checked, uh, Flash Gordon is awaiting in the wings as well. So, listen, they're trying to get a dub and try to get a championship post Legion of Boom era. But come on, Russ, don't act like you don't have an opinion on that. Well, it's Russell Wilson. You're not going to get – too much of an opinion. That's just his personality, who he is. I think it's a good fit in Seattle because I believe that Pete Carroll's done a tremendous job in the past with questionable off-the-field character-type individuals, whether it's been through the draft, through free agency, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. When guys are coming out of college, he's given them opportunities, second and third chances. Guys that have had uh, uh, issues like Josh Gordon, much like you said, off-the-field stuff. That if, if anybody in any place in any part of the country can handle and deal with it, Seattle certainly has some things in store to be able to deal with that type of off-the-field scrutiny that they could potentially face. That could be a potential signing for the Seahawks. The NFL trade deadline is November 3rd at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Vikings and the Ravens are both on the bye this week, so they said let's get an early jump. Minnesota is having a disastrous season, as you know. Trades Yannick Ngakwe to Baltimore. This is after they had acquired him from Jacksonville. Yannick Ngakwe. You, you got Yannick. 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 I'm going to keep pushing that. Absolutely. Marcus Spears. Spell Yannick. That, that is definitely Marcus Spears. ESPN <laughs> NFL analyst on essentially why the Ravens needed to make this move. They have to face Patrick Mahomes. They have to face these potent AFC offenses if they plan on getting to the Super Bowl. And now you add another guy that you can create a four-man rush with and find the one-on-ones and hopefully win them. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including our gambling expert Joe Fortenbaugh at 810. All right, Bart, so you just heard what uh, Marcus Spears said. Yep. It's basically there to stop one dude and one dude only. It's not to stop just one dude. They understand that, you know, they've been exposed a little bit um, in the previous, you know, previous games. You know, they've been able to generate pressure. Max Judon, even though he's on a franchise tag, 
he's not enough. He's not being able to generate the sacks that they need to pressure. So what happens is they're blitzing, and they're blitzing too much, and they're getting caught. They're getting exposed. They got exposed against Kansas City. They get exposed against a lot of teams. You know, last year against um, you know the Tennessee Titans, they, they just got exposed trying to do run blitzes. But you do that because you don't have impact players that can get there on a consistent basis. Now they've solidified you know th- those bookends. Now what they can do is they can play two man now, Key, because now you have two dominant you know edge rushers, but you have Calais Campbell in the inside. You got Derek Wolf on the other side. You go out and get Patrick Queen. So now you feel confident that you can stop the run with a light box, meaning that you don't have to drop that eighth man into the box, which allows you with those three hybrid type of corners that they have in Humphreys, um, uh, Humphreys, uh, Peters, and um, Jimmy Smith. Now that allows you to be able to match up and still not be light in the box because Jimmy Smith plays that resident dying position, dropping down into the box. No matter who you are from a defensive standpoint, no matter who you are on a defense in a secondary you only can hold up for so long. Exactly. And this allows them to do what they've done best, allow pressure, like like uh, Bart is saying, without blitzing so much and putting themselves in a position to get torched. It's not about Kansas City. I think when they look at it, people, for, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, it's about Kansas City because yeah. of what Kansas City was able to do to them. But it's about getting the defense just better, much like you said, protecting the secondary with Peters Humphreys and Jimmy Smith. Now how about Eric DaCosta, man? I'm talking about one of the better executives in the business. He turned uh, – last year he traded a kicker to Minnesota – turned that kicker that's not even in the league anymore into Calais Campbell. And yesterday he turned a third-round draft pick into a, a franchise um, franchise pass rusher. DaCosta taking over for the legendary Ozzie Newsom, so he certainly had big shoes to fill. Eagles in first place. How long is that going to last? We'll talk about it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.